0: hello and
1: welcome to the uncapped podcast proudly presented by roast house pub where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh evolving craft beer selection making it one of frederick's unique dining destinations hey everyone i'm your host chris sands and today i am in baltimore maryland talking to the founders of pariah brewing company krista and brian mitchell thanks for having me out
2: hello and welcome
1: yeah welcome to be here it's like a slight case of deja vu Like, uh, anyone who doesn't know pariah is where union used to be uh they've made quite a few changes of it. it as i mentioned when i came in it seems much bigger
3: with the the little tweaks you've made to it yeah we didn't uh originally look to do much change just because it was kind of already laid out like the bar is already in place you know the basically the guts of it was kind of set but um the guy who does our can designs, Tyler Crystalball, he actually works for a um, interior design firm as his main job, and uh, we had them take a look at the space as architects. And the way, it, as soon as they showed us the layout change, we're like, "This was 100% worth it." I mean, no offense to Union, but I think the time they opened tasting rooms weren't quite an emphasis as they are now.
1: Well, they weren't even really a thing. At when, whenever a Union opened. I'm not 100% sure of the timeline, but you may, they may have opened before you could even do samples legally. Right. And then yeah. you definitely could, it couldn't could like sell a pint to someone through the tap room. So like when they opened, tap rooms just weren't even a thing in Maryland.
2: <laughs> right, right. It's
3: crazy. But yeah, it's, a, it's just looking at it, it's like they obviously put all the emphasis on the production side. So, um, you know we probably increased we probably added 30 seats or so not massive but yeah it definitely feels a lot bigger just thinking the wall i mean people can't see it but that white stripe is where the wall was you know what i mean it's yeah. like wow that was tiny yeah so, i
1: could, just that it, it's such a difference it's yeah. nice
3: yeah so
1: i actually i don't know where do we want to start let's um I guess let's just start with the beginnings of Pariah, and then we can talk about why you're here now. Sure. So it was this was your five year anniversary, mm-hmm. is that correct? It? Yep. But not here.
3: Yeah, we uh, uh, to preface. I'm I was born and raised here. I grew up in Bowie, so um, this is home to me. But I moved out west in about 2007, playing music, and then. When that started to wrap up and it was becoming clear that a backup plan was actually needed, of course, <laughs> no one ever says there's going to be, but once it seemed apparent that the backup plan was needed, I um, started getting into cooking. And then over time, that rolled into uh, starting to homebrew based on an episode of Good Eats by Alton Brown. If you guys are familiar with that show, I love that guy. That guy's a quirky weirdo. <laughs> Um, but yeah so we started homebrewing and the bug bit me and in um, 2010 I bought the rights to the name Pariah Brewing Company and spent the next seven years kind of learning how to actually do that on the professional end and we opened for business February 11th of 2017 and uh, that is in a, a brewery it's called brewery igniter and it's a incubator model so long term it was never going to be permanent so it's kind of like if you don't if you don't if you're not a trust fund trust fund baby you can get in because they they purchase the equipment install the equipment you kind of come in put your skin on and, and go so that's actually what fiscally allowed pariah to be possible due to some relationships that fell through over the years but um We got our start in the Bury Igniter building in San Diego and we started shipping by coastal. Obviously family over here was saying, Hey, you know, we want your beer, we want your beer I'm like, dude, get on a fucking plane. Like (laughs) you can always fly out here. But of course they don't. Yeah.
1: So it's a lot it would be a lot (laughs) would have been a lot easier for you. Yeah, a lot (laughs) easier.
3: But um so they didn't so we looked for a distribution partner over here and eventually ended up hooking up with a distributor and started sending beer and then as that started to grow, we're like, okay, well, if we're going to be selling beer on both coasts, we might as well be in the middle of the country, logistically. Like knowing we had to eventually get out of the igniter building. Uh, also, side note on that: that that space is 1,800 square feet, so it's and we brew 1,300 barrels a year out of that space. So it's like brewing in a you know Manhattan closet. Yeah. It's tiny. It's Tetris every day. Um. So it's not very fun in that regard. But
1: that had to be just shy of completely miserable maybe even to completely miserable
3: it was a logistics uh (laughs) it was like a ever-evolving like move stuff here because tomorrow you need to move it over there because Mm -hmm. then this is coming it's like it was literally like playing tetris every single day so it we kind of we learned to work with it and we made it work and we did have it running like a well-oiled machine but uh, if one thing went wrong, the whole train was completely derailed. It was like a house of cards, kind yeah. of. <laughs> so it was, it was interesting. But we got it down. And um, But, yeah, so as shipping by Coastal, we're like, okay, maybe we should look central and try to be somewhere in the middle of the country um, to, to ship both ways. And we started looking in uh, Minnesota, actually. And we were pretty close to being able to start looking at putting offers on properties and like starting to move in that direction talking to the bank yada yada and we got a wind of their liquor laws which are pretty similar to what you're describing with here back (laughs) in 2012 and we wrote the minnesota brewers guild we're like hey like what's the possibility of this getting changed and they're like we've been trying for decades and, uh, and we're like, no, we're not. Because you, you can't sell beer over your own bar. You can't sell four-packs over... Well, you can sell beer over your own bar, but you can't sell growlers. You can't sell cans. It's like all these stupid rules that, like, lobbyists are pushing because they don't want, you know, other interests <laughs> yeah. to, to have favorability in those circumstances, and it's just it's stupid.
1: Well, so it was, like, 2000... I don't know. I can't remember when it changed, but I know for, like, 2008 a brewery could really just produce beer and sell it to a distributor yeah right. you bag. had to go through three because that's yeah. when flying dog had moved to frederick and operated under colorado laws for a while i think until they were told to stop sure Cause <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice <it was>, work around
1: because <laughs> yeah. uh, then they like they just closed uh once it was pointed out to them that everything they were doing was not legal uh, and uh, a big problem is too, Maryland laws were kind of vague also. like where it didn't explicitly forbid, but it <laughs> sure. like didn't give permissions. Uh, uh, but thankfully they got all that fixed and like continue to make things better and better for yeah. Maryland breweries.
2: And at least the state seems open to having the laws evolve, yeah. you know, as opposed to some states where you're like, "This we are well past prohibition, like reevaluate." But at least Maryland seems open to that. That's
1: great. I yeah, because there's some really big breweries
3: in Minnesota, aren't there?
1: There's, Surly, yeah. yeah, I mean
3: Surly themselves, looking into it, has. R- r- they called it the surly bill they've literally written their own legislation and shoved it through okay like dude we're giving you a ton of money in tax dollars like i'm trying to you know effectively give you more tax dollars if you let me do what i'm trying to do to provide jobs and all the other things that that come with come with don't people in like minnesota stereotypically drink a lot
2: what else do you do in the winter i'm sure you'd you'd think
0: that that would be
1: a little more friendly (laughs) to breweries (laughs)
3: Yeah. So, but yeah, we talked to them and once we found that out, we're like, no way that's, that's dumb. Um, cause we wanted to really obviously going back to what we said, like obviously tasting room and the interface of customer ex- exchange, you know, in our own house is, is paramount. We need to, if we always say, if no one's going to tell us, no one's going to tell people why our beer or a brand is special, who's going to. So that's very, we want to, we want the, we put a lot of time, money and effort into, uh, our engagement with our customers personally and uh, no bullshit, the same day that I just happened to be on ProBrewer.com and saw this brew house listed for sale, our guy Steve came back from doing his delivery route that day and said, hey, did you see that the union real estate is up on LoopNet? And I was like, you gotta be kidding me, man. Like, no, (laughs) like no way. Um, And of course, then the question comes, do I wanna move home? Immediate response is hell no. It <laughs> um, has its
1: advantages though
3: Yeah and it's like okay well maybe you know then you, you kind of like when the you, you kind of talk yourself off the ledge and I told myself like you know sometimes when the universe opens a door it's wise to walk through it and I emailed Adam from Union and said hey man can you give me five days to talk to this landlord to see if first of all is that equipment still installed he said yeah it's all in you can turn it on a brew tomorrow I'm like okay can you give me five days to talk to that landlord and see if I can make a deal course that turned into four months but (laughs) we made a deal (laughs) so now instead of instead of shipping instead of being in this instead of being on the west coast and shipping all east or being in the middle and shipping both now we just produced on now we just produce on both coasts Mm -hmm. so
1: so is the is San Diego still at the incubator, or have you moved? Mm-hmm. For now, yeah. But you'll have at some point that'll have to be moved to its own
3: location there too. Yeah, and we'll just have to figure out. <coughs> excuse me, we'll just have to figure out what we want to do when that time comes. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, but right now everything's fine. I mean, it's running as usual. We have three guys that took over over there, Steve Ryan and Matt, that are that are killing it, and uh, we just go out and make sure they have what they need. But it's running. Just as well as it did when we were there.
1: Mm-hmm. How how does that work? Do they give you like a time? Is it a time frame that you can be in there, or like once you reach a certain
3: size of business, or not really? We um, <coughs> excuse me, I was milling grain <coughs> and I've got grain lung. <laughs> but um, some water. But no. Um, so that the space we're in has three breweries in it, and it's kind of like a strip mall of beer, and we're in the middle suite. And we're now the oldest brewery in that building at five and a half years they've i think the one of the suites has had three and now the other suite has had two that all have either two of which have moved out and the other three have folded well excuse me one of them still operating they just they haven't even opened for business yet so that's not fair to say but two have folded and two moved out so we're kind of the we're kind of the old dogs in the building so um brewery igniter has has been better to work with more and more over the years as we've developed our relationship okay. so they're not in a rush to kick us out or anything
0: mm-hmm.
3: how many breweries are there in san diego now god breweries i would say up 140 150 brew houses including saddle. well brew houses and then include satellite tasting rooms man i don't know 170
2: Maybe it's, more,
3: and it keeps people keep opening more and more tasting rooms. Oh, it's, that's true
1: because a lot of the like big breweries in San Diego just have multiple tap houses all through.
3: Yeah, you can the, have up to six locations. Mm-hmm. Okay, six six um, duplicate liquor licenses in California, so
0: and
2: people quite have a few taken on, on that.
3: like some of them. I'm like, bro, are you going franchise or what? Like, it's just <laughs> it's crazy. So, <clears throat> but yeah, there's a lot. They're everywhere. If you're any any you know here in Hamden. There's quite a few now, but it's, like, this is every pocket of San Diego you go, there's, like, five breweries, six breweries that you could walk to.
1: Yeah, not even just the city, though. Like, the county and then even into the
3: outskirts, it's... Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, they're everywhere. It's funny, and, like, what you were saying to the point, like, the trust fund thing, I remember when I was touring a bunch of the breweries, like, talking to the people that worked there, everyone listed, like, the money behind the brewery was... (laughs) this executive from this big tech company XYZ, the brewer was, used to be the brewer at some huge brewery <laughs> somewhere out there. It's like, every, everything had tons of money, and you could tell too, walking into it, everything was like pristine, tons of, like, was not what breweries in Maryland look like.
2: <laughs> yeah, there was a, a couple of years where you were almost skeptical with the ones popping up and who was funding what and that all kind of came to light at a, at, at some point to see um, the shift from them being a craft brewery and very quickly selling. So Brian could kind of talk a bit more about that, but there was a phase of people really taking advantage of the boom of breweries in San Diego okay. and yeah. investing heavily in that. And the, the, that's some of the tap rooms you'd see for sure.
1: Yeah. Cause it was, it was very different like out here. Most breweries you go to, like, it's someone who's put their entire life savings Absolutely. on the line to open it. And a lot of the places I were there, it was like uh, they just wrote a check from their dividends from the <laughs> from <Yeah. one> <laughs> totally tech company that made them a millionaire. <laughs> Which, hey,
2: beautiful spot. Yeah. But as consumers, I mean, anyone that likes craft beer, you know that those spots you go to and you know they put everything into it. You're going to get some of the most creative and yeah. interesting beer ever so i'm always weary of you know too much decor
3: <laughs> yeah i always say that uh <clears throat> which trapeze artist do you think is practicing more the one with the safety net or the one without
0: yeah <laughs>
3: so uh, but no i think there was like three distinct waves in craft beer i'd say like the original wave you know the stones the dogfishes, and all those those were like the brewer owners yeah and then the second wave was very distinctly like old money I want to grab some of this. And then now I see
1: something popular that yeah. hasn't had a bunch of money thrown
3: at it yet. Yeah. No. Like going into a midlife crisis and I'm going to go open a brewery cause I've been home brewing for six months and I'm going to hire some dude off this, you know, and it was like, they weren't, the owner wasn't the brewer or the creative engine or even the financial engine. It's just, they're just like doing it cause they think it's fun. Yeah. And it's like, brewery, owning a brewery is not fun. I can definitively clarify that. <laughs> um, brewing is fun. <laughs> sure. But, um, but no, now, now I think we're back to a, um, a lot more brewer owners and it's, you can feel it when you walk in for sure. It, you, it's distinctly palpable of like, okay, this oozes like someone just like spewing themselves into what they are and yeah. what they want to do. So I think beer has never been better. Mm-hmm. I would have to agree. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, let's take a real quick sponsor break, and then uh, when we get back, I guess let's talk. Um, oh, look, we haven't touched on where the name came from, or a little bit more of like your origin story stuff. So we'll we'll talk about that when we come back. Sure. Sweet. We'll be right back. and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday? Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, are one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites. They'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. So I forgot to ask you when you first mentioned it, the first time you homebrewed, was it any good?
3: Uh, yeah, the first homebrew actually honestly was good. This. I'm inclined to call you a liar, but I'll, bel- <laughs> I'll believe you. I followed Alton Brown's <laughs> recipe exactly. That's okay. the first beer I brewed was his recipe. It was like a cross between like an English pale ale and Sierra Nevada pale ale, basically. But um, it was good. And then the second beer I brewed was, was, was good. And then the What's third beer the, I brewed was trash.
0: You uh, <laughs> <he> waited <laughs> a while for it to be awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: Third one was complete trash. I thought I had it down and tried to get wild, and no. Well,
1: I th- I, that's one thing I feel like it, as long as you're sanitizing correctly and you're sticking to classic styles, it's just kind of like baking. You just That's follow right. follow the instructions, and it's going to come out right. Yeah, it's,
3: it's mostly it's like you can have a good recipe, but if your process sucks, your your beer is going to suck. And yeah. you can also have a not so good recipe, but a great process, and you're still going to have a drinkable beer. You know, yeah, it, it might not okay. blow your socks off or be like you know earth shatteringly crazy or whatever, but as long as your process is solid, you'll you'll have a good beer.
1: Yeah, I like I'm not great at cooking, but I can bake phenomenally because I just follow the instructions yeah, follow the to rules. a T. Yeah. Absolutely. Like with the exact amount of time, the exact temperature. So it's like home brewing. I just always to a T what it said. I followed it. And I think everything was pretty. Like I think the worst thing ever was my first batch was undercarbed. Egg. That's probably
3: egg. every homebrew I've ever had. So then
1: I just, I, <laughs> so I just bought a kegerator and kegged everything Problem from that salt. point on. Yeah, yeah, and it never yeah. happened again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Time's <laughs> mitigation
2: strategy.
3: He had a buddy that would keg condition, and then even if he was under on keg condition, he'd just force carb it. It's mm-hmm. like you have so much more room to adjust if you're in a keg than you do in a bottle. You're, you're pretty much committed. And even worse than that is bottle bombs. Yeah if, oh, you, yeah, if you what overdo you... it on a homebrew, like, yeah, and you got two cases of that shit sitting in your closet, especially if it's stout. <laughs> that's just, I mean,
1: that was just... 2 a.m. Pop! <laughs> just, well, I mean, that's just fruit and sours nowadays.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, totally. And those that's are p- produced professionally, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so, how, how long was it from, like, getting into homebrewing
3: to when you decided this is what I want to do for a living? Uh, pretty much immediately thinking like liking cooking and then I worked in kitchens for a little bit. actually worked in the kitchen at Duclaw and Bowie as a prep cook uh, and that was insane. The amount of work they expected from one person out of that was nuts. <laughs> but I'm like dude I'm doing all the cooking. Like the chef is literally putting the sauce and noodles together and, and serving it. I'm like I, what the hell is the, are you doing on the line? <laughs> but that restaurant was badass though but um, but anyway so yeah I really like cooking and uh, always I have to do something artistic it's like ingrained in my DNA I have to do something creative and I'm also a uh, I have to be in charge of what I do I'm not good at being told what to do so yeah. it's, it just suits my personality I think
1: where did the name Pariah come from?
3: Uh, Pariah just thinking of like wanting to stand apart, wanting to do my own thing. Uh, I'm very much an individual in terms of my family. I'm very much singular in terms of my existence and my path and what I've done to date. I'm The only one that's done anything that I've done. So it's just kind of like wanting to harness that and really lean into it and just be like, no, you guys can do whatever you want. I'll be over here doing whatever the hell I want. So, <laughs> so like, I I want to put that on the door. Yeah. So like, don't expect us to be doing exactly what anyone else is doing
1: did so you had said you you purchased the name from someone was there a brewery like that was going to open or had they had shut down already or they just had the name and weren't using it
3: no just just reserving the rights to oh it,
1: okay i thought yeah. you made, like you bought okay so you trademarked it yes yeah, gotcha
3: so it's, it's essentially it was always the goal to get to this yeah. point it just took me seven years
2: and our guests it's have really adopted that i mean obviously brian's origin of where that name came from is one thing and then we've realized that this has become a space for a lot of creatives and artists and people that kind of fit in that singular model too so it's been really cool to see people resonate with the name and, and adopt it in their own way as well
1: that's a, i mean you always see people going to breweries to like writing or all kinds of creative outlets mm-hmm. so it's kind of like- just leaning into that
2: yeah absolutely,
1: so is there is there a does pariah have a theme that you would say like the for um, beer names and or is it just whatever you want like
3: it's really it's whatever, like our tagline is no practice is sacred and and obviously excusing the religious connotations of that, it's more so to just say. Nothing that we do is set in stone and everything is always in flux. And it's also to say like inspiration can come from anywhere and you can kind of put anything into something and, and transform it into your own. You know, I've heard amazing quotes from all walks of life, every background, every creed, every everything, even people that I wholeheartedly disagree with on almost anything they say. I can get something from that and go down a rabbit hole and discover something that might be valuable that we can apply to what we do here and I think that's really what what we try to do, you know? Some stuff is super serious and, and and like super deep intentioned and then some stuff has nothing but levity and it's just a complete and utter joke. And it's just kind of like whatever, you know? But in terms of a theme of like the vibe of our place, we, we want to be somewhere that's comfortable but also somewhere that's a little more than just a tasting room. Like I definitely abhor the whole like drinking in some dude's garage that a lot of the early generation 1.0 craft brewing places had where they still had like fluorescent lights and white walls and it just, you know, very awful, minimalistic decor. And I just, I, we, want, we want this to be a space where people want to feel good about being and we want to be a little more upscale, like no dive bar bullshit service, like no none, no holier than thou. Like if you come in here, you don't know what mosaic is. No one's going to scoff at you. And you also, if you come in here and you're a total snob and you want to shoot the shit about esoteric beer styles, let's do it. You know, we want to, we we just don't want to be um, bland in anything we do.
1: I am completely unrelated other than you said Mosaic, but I'm reminded every morning that this happened. I was sent a press kit of beer and it included um, Yamaka Chief. Bag of uh, mosaic cryo,
0: nice. and Sick. I
1: used them in the photo and I let them sit out for a while. It's been probably a week and a half, and my basement still smells like there's just mosaic everywhere.
0: I
2: love cryo,
3: <laughs> yeah, dude. That's a, that's a good thing. It's Someone some needs to figure powder. out how to make that into a cologne, They or... should because I, yeah. I, I really like the smell.
1: Yeah. Put it
2: in your pillow, <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't that's think what my they wife used to do in the 1800s. That. <laughs>
2: that's true. <laughs> Yeah, that's what Brian was saying. They used to do. I would sleep yeah, on a hot pillow every apparently night. Apparently,
3: that was a thing. He said it would help you with the uh, stimulate dreaming,
2: huh.
3: or something like that. I was, I was like, man, medicine in the 1800s was weird. Yeah, it's and a little bit quite cool. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: yeah, that's what. Well, that's one hell of a prescription. Maybe I'll. I'll you sneak, need a hot pillow.
1: I'll sneak a couple of the uh, cryo pellets into my <laughs> pillow tonight and see what happens.
0: happens. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Some wild dreams.
1: <laughs> and my wife asking me what the hell's going on. <laughs> New cologne. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, there's got to be a... There's got to be hop cologne at this point. I don't see how there couldn't be.
3: I've seen beard oil, and I've seen uh, lip gloss or lipstick. Yeah, I've definitely Not had...
1: lipstick, st- I've definitely yeah. had... Uh, oh, it was... Um, was it? it was the dogfish head one. It
2: was, they did quench in another one. I
1: think it was no. It's, this is old. Okay. It was like it was. E- it was either festina peach, pesh, or um, aprahop. It was one of those two. That it, and then, best
2: case scenario with a chapstick. I was going to say either yeah. one of those I'd purchase.
1: Hell yeah. Um, and then obviously there's tons of soaps that are yeah. with beer in them. My sister. Like everything for Christmas this year was made from hops. Like there was coffee with hops in it. There were were all beer themed ones. Like there was a stout one, an IPA one. And then like um, uh, a blend of seasoning that also had hops in it. So, I mean, there's got to be cologne.
2: There's someone (laughs) putting
1: hops in everything at this point. (laughs) I mean,
3: yeah, why not? It's alcohol soluble (laughs) and water soluble. Yeah. Someone's got
1: to
2: be able to figure that
3: out. Guinness, when they first opened here, were doing hop um, french fries. Um, oh, yeah. And those, are, those are actually, salts. I think they got rid of it. Yeah, they called it hop salt, and that was really good. It was like bitter french fries. It was like, this is kind of kind of cool.
2: It's very tasty. Cut
3: the richness, yeah. They needed Guinness, bring those back. <laughs> My,
1: uh, you know what really doesn't work, though? Uh, an IPA for beer bread.
3: Oh, I can see that,
1: yeah. By yeah. By, yeah. My wife once, be, like, it was when I first started getting into craft beer because I loved Snake Dog. What she was making, been uh, like some beer bread, <laughs> and she she was all thought I'd be, and I was excited until I tried it. But <laughs> like, it tasted amazing. Yeah. And then the bitterness just like punched you in the face. <laughs> yeah.
2: I could see that. It was
1: really good. All the way up to the point where the the bitterness kicked in and it was just
2: like some ipas so yeah. <laughs> bitter
1: no it was it was jarringly bitter <laughs> there is something about the cooking process that made it way worse than any Note IPA. No taken yeah <laughs> so pro tip do not use ipas for
3: beer bread
2: <laughs> please though
3: no. although what are we drinking here because this is absolutely delicious that's our dink drink i figured we'd start there because that's our original ipa our first well our mm-hmm. first one
2: been on the board since day one
3: yeah
1: so are you um i mean you were talking about the tap list a little bit earlier Chris. are are you genuinely gen generally a more ipa heavy brewery or is this just a time where there's a lot of ipas on
3: yeah well right now here we actually just kicked our stout and our hellas lager and that's a a tragedy because not only do us as staff drink a ton of our hellas lager but um obviously people here are drinking a ton of it too because i can't brew it couldn't brew it quick enough to get it back on the board in time but um usually we try to hover at, at you know at most 60 40 favoring ipa anything more than that is is ridiculous and then it's like yo we need to kick out some other styles But we try to we try to hover around 50-50. Okay. I mean,
1: I hear, though, people do, like, IPAs from yeah, the, word, but, the word on the street.
3: Yeah, and there's so much variety. I mean, even, <laughs> even I mean, even jokes aside, I mean, it's like if you put, you know, going down a, a list of hop, you know, prospective hops from our hop supplier and you see coconut, I'm like, what the, f-? like, <laughs> dude, I need to order a sample of that. So it's like, yeah, if you have six IPAs, as long as they're um, uniquely identifiable, yeah. then that's cool if you're just going to have double dry hop this and this and then you have citra sure. mosaic and then the other one's mosaic citra it's like come on buddy like yeah you're not fooling anyone here
0: <laughs>
3: but um but no as long as, as i think as long as your beers have unique dna it's cool
1: yeah i um i mean there are so many breweries you go to and you could order a flight of their ipas and they're there's no way you could tell which one is which. So right. it, it's always definitely very nice when you go someplace. And even if they are just IPA after IPA, each one actually tastes like a different beer. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We, we try to, um, we, we have a fantastic staff. We've always had a, a fantastic experience. Like Brian mentioned, we capitalize on in San Diego and we've kind of mimicked that with the, this team that we have here in Baltimore. And that's one thing that they really harp on and, and study is the differences even between our ipas to kind of mention okay you want an ipa but what do you want because like brian said even though half of our board is ipas they all have their subtle differences although brian's trying now selfishly brewing styles that he wants to drink like our ESB, which has become very popular and then adding some variety but we try to Those let everyone know the differences now though yeah it's awesome yeah. Thank goodness. You
1: couldn't find an ESB to save your life like five years ago. Now Mm -hmm. there's plenty of breweries making amazing ones.
2: My Uh, heart was broken when reds like fell off. (laughs) I'm like, please come back. That still
1: hasn't come back though. That is what I, I can't remember who I was talking to about that recently. Like where red ales were everywhere at one point, they went completely away. Like every once in a while you'll see one come out now, but they're still, they haven't made the comeback that a lot of the other, formerly popular styles have yeah
3: no i don't think so and do you remember brown ales (laughs) yeah i never liked them though (laughs) (laughs) but no i think that's i think like our esb like that's that's me making a choice knowing that this is not gonna pay the bills but i think that goes to the fact that brewers are the owners of breweries now and it's like no like we're not just gonna do a blonde ale a stout an ipa a pale ale and then you get one tap for fun now it's like no the brewer's going to be like no every single beer on here needs to be a banger and every single beer on here needs to have its unique identity and not every single one of them is going to sell well and you know what that's okay because it needs to be represented and these styles deserve the respect that they should be getting it's like you know esb isn't even that old of a style this is a style came out in the early 70s you know it's not that old so, for people to poo-poo on it because it's not a, I a, didn't know a that. barrel-aged style. I always
1: assumed that it'd been around forever. Like that, I it know. was a classic.
3: I think Fuller's huge. was. I think Fuller's was the first, if not the first one of the first, and I think that released in seventy-one. So it's oh, like man. it's you know our, our parents' generation. Although, as my daughter would say, that was way back in the
1: nineteen
0: hundreds. <laughs> Weren't there dinosaurs? <laughs>
3: No, totally, it's like, but this is this is a this is a style that's relatively new. You know, what I mean, like anchor steams, hundreds of years older than yeah. that. You know, at least fifty years older than that. Full so. tilt has a really good ESP. I have not. We, we didn't have
1: their ESP. We went to
2: Full Tilt recently. I, we did not have their ESP. I, we, we'll no, the I need reach to go back. Did you
1: have Sans Jams? You should have had Sans Jams. No, I, don't I
3: remember
2: had. what I had. A pilsner um, or a lager. Yeah, it was I mean, trivia I, night. I had to.
1: I mean, that's good too, but.
2: But <laughs> to keep it mind. But
1: I prefer beers with my face on them or with my name.
2: <laughs> and we'll give it a try for you next time we're there. I think they're
1: they may be out of it, or <laughs> anyway. so you'd have to wait till the next iteration. I'll All make right. sure I let you know.
2: Please do.
0: <laughs> yeah, please.
1: Um, let's take another quick sponsor break, and then let's dive in a little bit about. The challenges or just how it was to open a brewery on the complete other side of the country and what it's like to operate into in, in, on two different coasts sure so we'll be right back i buy my beer at district east in downtown frederick maryland they have an amazing selection of local and hard to find beers and i love the option of making my own mix and match custom six-pack District East is on Northeast Street in Frederick in the same shopping center as Showroom Restaurant and Rockwell Brewery. Most weeks, they have over 950 beers in stock. Check out this week's selection at www.districteastbeer.com. Are you planning on having custom glassware made for your business? Glassware availability for 2022 has already reached capacity, and it looks like costs will predictably rise this year. Don't worry. ACS Brand My Beverage has you covered with over 6 million units of the most popular glass styles exclusively in their inventory to meet your branded glassware needs right now. Lock in today's lower prices and take immediate delivery, or ACS will store your product for you until you're ready. Email sales at... BrandMyBeverage.com or visit BrandMyBeverage.com to reserve your glassware. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. So
3: what um, what size brew house do you have in San Diego? We have a 10 barrel brew house and 20 barrel fermenters in San Diego.
1: And then here is
3: twice double, that? Double, yeah, 20 with 40s.
1: How, how hard of a transition was that? Like how, well one, how similar or different are the brew houses? And I mean, that's something I never would have like five years ago thought like just how different different brew houses are from each other and how big of a difference that is to the brewing process.
3: Yeah, it's been more of a challenge than anticipated for sure. I even like sent water out to get analyzed when I was visiting here. I was doing two weeks on, two weeks off for majority of the build out and uh, like sent out water, did all my due diligence to like figure it out walking through the equipment it's a premier stainless we have a premier stainless in san diego this one is six years older than ours in san diego so it's definitely noticeable that they got better at their job in that six years because the overall design of the equipment is just better on ours out west but um, this system also was set up basically as a lager brewery um, even though obviously you know, Duckpin is Union's bill payer, but yeah. it was very... I mean, I don't know who was the original brewer in Maryland, but it, all, it seems like everyone started with, like, a lager-type a lager setup, like decoction, and, yeah, like, Union still brews on a decoction system, which is wild to me. But, um, every, you know, set up for lager brewing, so I had to switch uh, retrofit all of that over to single infusion and then learning the temper, temperature differentials, because obviously being that it's winter here and it's never winter in San Diego, the temperature swings is, like, huge... Like, I didn't
1: even think of that aspect of
3: it—the yeah, like, environment, yeah, would like, change. yeah, all of that. Like, and then the water—I we use reverse osmosis water in San Diego because the water there is terrible. Um, so we we strip it and then build it back, and then a lot of well, ironically enough, the water here is very similar to the water that we strip out in San Diego. So I thought I was good. Like I'm like, dude, I can just use the water like straight up but that's proving not to be the case. Like the first couple of rounds of hazy IPA were dropping bright. And it, that's like the most frustrating thing that can possibly happen to a brewer, because if it's not like, hazy enough, find, make
1: it over there it's, yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and it's like the same exact process, same exact recipe, same exact water, all of that being exactly the same. And then to have it drop bright, it's like literally heartbreaking. Cause then you're going to get the, Oh, it's not hazy enough to yeah. s- two stars. Um, which is like, ugh, fuck. But um, give us
0: a second. I mean, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I will
3: crap all over people and on tap,
1: but I will also crap on a brewery that calls a clear beer and hazy IPA. Totally oh, we so get it. Then, it. Okay. Totally get it. It's, I was I it was frustrating.
3: I think I threw a glass of beer across the room realizing we were just about to open and uh, it was dropping bright. It's just like, dude, you ungrateful bastard,
0: <laughs> you know, to this beer.
3: It's like I gave you everything you needed. Why yeah. are you doing this to me? But um, so so, what was the problem? What 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 was the
1: di- did you? F- I mean, I assume that you found the difference because these are quite hazy. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's. It took me five years basically to get to the point where we when we transitioned over here. So to have that happen was like felt like five years was for nothing. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I don't want to do this again. Um, and also I need to do it in like rapid speed because now we have a, a reputation with, to withhold like coming in yeah. as a new guy. Like I don't want people to be like, this isn't what it's supposed to be. But um, but no, I think we've got it dialed in now. Uh, I, I got cute and bought a different brand of pump. Like, it could be that simple. Um, I was realizing that the pump I was using for, to recirc my dry hops wasn't doing it as effectively. So I had to get a new the pump that I have in San Diego. I had to buy one of those and, like, overnight ship it to get it here. It's like, then I had to, I'm shifting more towards sodium chloride as opposed to calcium chloride because the sodium here is lower. I don't know how that's helping with haze, but it is and the mouth feels better. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, r- like strip everything back. You know, we had a long time. Conver- Chris and I had a long conversation one night. I was like, she's like, what are you going to do? I was like, I have to look at every damn variable and adjust it again. And I, even, even though I've already been through this over the last five years, Easily the most difficult style of beer I've learned how to brew is our IPAs. Like, I really am proud of where our IPAs are, but it's been a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Um, So to get back to where we should be here, I'm actually enjoying our beers better now with the changes I've made here. Um, Like, this beer we're drinking right now is only 6%, but it drinks like an 8% beer in terms of mouthfeel.
1: Oh, yeah. It's very
3: pillowy and full. So it's been – but it's been – I'm glad that I stuck it out because I was, like, going to give up.
2: <laughs> was like, West Coast only. Yeah, West Coast only.
3: All our hazy IPAs come from San Diego.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. But, um,
1: we only do clear beyond the <laughs> East yeah,
0: <Coast>. yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> So, but um, it's been uh, – logistically, it's been div more difficult than planned, but our team out there is really strong, so we need to – we're getting them up to speed and kind of taking off the training wheels and being like, this is your set of responsibilities. You know, this is what the team needs from you and and we'll get there you know are you brewing the same beers in each location it's an exact mirror yeah mm-hmm. how how close have you been able to to the them? to the day yeah we're packaging the same day we're brewing the same days it's no, i mean like flavor like taste wise
1: oh, steven's a
2: badass I mean, yeah. he trained under brian for several months before he took off the training wheels and steven's a Excellent brewer in his own right, and I was just in at our San Diego location a couple of weeks ago. You can't tell the difference. The beers are the beers. It's it's actually quite incredible, and also obviously, as owners, we're quite happy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Because I know that's that's always something that's listed as, I mean, especially with such a dramatic difference yeah. in water and climate, which I hadn't even thought of before. Yeah, that being able to make things match is really difficult so that's awesome that
3: yeah so even over here like the lots of hops that we're getting are different so you know like over there like you you know whatever's going to the west coast allocation is not what's being allocated to the east coast so even our citra over here is a lot more dank than the citra we're using in san diego so that's been a challenge to like figure that out and, um, oh, you, so know, you
1: actually like just have to have completely like, different
3: recipes. It's becoming, for the
1: same beers.
3: Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of obnoxious, but it's like, it's, a, I guess it's a jigsaw puzzle. You know, it's like, you know, the first batch, our, our uh, IPA colors, the first batch of it that we brewed here was like, smelled like weed. And like we describe it as like enriched orange juice and mango. So it's like, <laughs> like, like whoa, dude. Like, We've been brewing this beer for probably a year into brewing that beer at that time. And it's like, how the hell did this happen? You know, so it's been it's been fun and irritating as hell.
1: So how many times have you been told by someone here who's had your stuff in distribution that they liked it better when it was made in San Diego? Now that
0: you <laughs> <How does it laughs> haven't yet, okay. I've only overheard <laughs> one person
3: um, being dumb um, so far here. Or so. saying that, well, like, it's so much better brewed in Baltimore. We have Could no. You, I haven't heard anyone say right. that. We de- I've definitely heard. I've had it in San Diego, and yada yada yada. It's like, no, man.
2: Okay, still, so one. Yeah, one one <laughs> dude
3: one dude, which is pretty good average.
2: Yeah. Because
1: I just know, like, uh, like Nugget Nectar. Everyone every year will say, "Oh, it was so much better last year." And then when I interviewed the Trockner brothers, and they talked about the the lengths that they go in to make it the same every year right. it's just like so what What about when people tell you they liked it the better last year
0: <laughs> did
1: you ask them yeah what they they say I I'll have to go back he and listen got
2: a yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah
2: I feel like the only time you could definitively judge and it's not even the brewing process but what it tastes like somewhere else is Guinness on tap that's the only time that yeah. I, I'll hear it and be like that's correct otherwise if the process is similar st- stop trying to find a I, problem um,
1: I thought people were full of it when that, and like just being pretentious whenever they would always say like like oh it's so much better in Ireland like no it's the experience yeah. and it's everything and then we went there for our honeymoon and we went to Guinness and I at the and I had one like it's All right, better. it does. I mean, I guess those. <laughs> however long it takes to, on that ship
2: <laughs> across yeah.
1: the ocean, it does taste better That's there.
2: we part of our honeymoon was there as well, so yep. we very similar uh, honeymoon trip, and definitely tried to do the I- Irish was it drink it in eight sips. That went well for Brian, bad for me, but uh,
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's
2: it's better on top there. I, I will. I same thing. I was like, you're pretentious. No, it's not. It's 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 better.
0: Yeah.
1: That was a rough day too cuz we started at the Jameson distillery tour mm-hmm. and then went to Guinness.
3: We did and Jameson was- the next morning which was worse.
0: <laughs> and,
3: and, I
2: sat down on barrels every single tour room we came into. I was so hungover <laughs> at Jameson. I didn't drink till 6 p.m. that day.
1: We we drank a lot <laughs> that week. <laughs>
2: Shout out to Ireland. We, yeah. we love
1: you. <laughs> well, that was one of the things. That when I, when we first got there, um, we rented a house from this couple. And the most amazing people ever. Because they had... We, we flew out on Christmas Day. Nice. And then landed there on Boxing Day. So everything was closed. Mm-hmm. And the people we were renting the house from were worried that we wouldn't be able to get food or anything. So they had... Meal like pre cooked meals in the refrigerator for us. They had wine for her, for my wife, and then uh, a four pack of Guinness for me. But and they even picked they picked us up from the bus to take us to the their the house. And I, as we were on the bus like going through Dublin, I noticed like every because everyone was closed, but every business had like those steel um, garage door type things over the front of the. Like where you would see like in a really bad neighborhood to protect the front of the building. Sure. And I'm like, what the hell kind of city is Dublin? <laughs> like you don't hear about it being so full of crime. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I asked the um those people, I'm like, is it there's like a lot of crime in Dublin? They're like, no, there's hardly any. I'm like, well why are all why are there still <laughs> right. gates in front of every business? She's like, Oh, that's so drunk people don't break out the windows after the, they close. Nice. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, oh
0: God, so it's, I love it's just, Ireland. Petty, yeah. just petty crime. But <laughs> yeah. well, then
1: we were, we did, we did a thing called the literary pub crawl, where they took you from bar to bar and like just gave you was, like a history tour of Dublin a little mm-hmm. bit. And we were standing in front of this building, and they were telling us about it. And this group of Dubliners walked by, and one guy just throws up all over the sidewalk, and another guy just screams, "Welcome to Dublin!" <laughs> and then they just kept walking. <laughs>
2: And that sounds similar to our experience, and uh, we'd be happy to go back at any time.
1: Yes. Very. Oh, I loved it there.
2: Most friendly, most drunk, but most friendly city I think I've ever been in.
1: So that this was two thousand and eight that we went. Nice. So, like, I had bought like a little folding map and stuff because, like, I didn't really didn't have smartphones to use for mapping and stuff there. I never once had to use it because every time I got the map out, I wasn't even done unfolding it and there was someone there already to ask me where I needed to go and then they either walked us there or gave us precise directions.
2: Incredible. Yeah, yeah. They're the
0: nicest people they in the really world. They really
3: are. It's incredibly nice.
2: Yeah.
3: The dumbest thing we saw there and I swear I'll be on my deathbed and I'll remember this guy, but we were in this pub and uh, it was a group of, yeah, I mean, they're probably... You know college kids, but um, there was a group of well, how many was there? Four of them,
2: I think about,
3: yeah, four or five of them, and um, they're sitting at this table drinking. And their buddy is like shwasted, like he. And we sit down, and and so, someone caught wind that we were on honeymoon. They're like, Oh, buy him Fight around, us over, yeah. invite him over, buy him around. So we're like, Jesus, because we're already like, we're half in the bag ourselves. This guy em- gets his round of Guinness, immediately spilled it like he didn't even take a sip he immediately spilled it and then um gets another one and the bartender's like that's it no more like i'm done and they're like no no all of them are like no no the table is wobbly the table's wobbly <laughs> no no get him get him another one get him another one and they're like and she's like no i'm done he's like just one more just one more and she's like all right that's it if he spills it you're out So she pours him another Guinness, puts it down again before he even takes a sip. That shit hit the floor. She goes, get out. So they all go, let's go. We're going down the street to the bar. And we're like, okay, we're going with you. And uh, the bar they ended up walking into was a TGI Friday's.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
1: We're
3: like, no, we're we're leaving the group now. We're, uh, we're, uh, we're going to separate our. Different ways, but yeah, that guy—he's two at least two that we saw. Obviously, there was more that the bartender was already thoroughly upset.
2: We're like, don't associate (laughs) us with
1: with this guy. My my last (laughs) Ireland story, but like we—we met this guy, and it just seems like they—at least back then—they just love Americans, and he especially loved Americans. Like he started talking to me while I was ordering a drink at the bar, kept buying us drinks. And then there was we met another couple that were from Silver Springs that, oh, that were nice. there on their honeymoon. Yeah. So we were like hanging out, and this guy was like, "What do you want to come where? We're like, we're gonna go to a local bar. Do you want to come hang out where we hang out?" And we're like, "Yeah, cool, that that'd be fun." We start walking, and it's just it's really far, and it's starting to look shady, and we're like. <laughs> We're like this is either going to be a great story or we're going to die. I've seen taken
2: <laughs> and, before. <yeah. laughs>
1: so we make it there and we were like the token Americans. Like it was like he was there just showing us off to people and like I thought he like the only time like I felt in danger, I bought him a drink and he wanted to kick my ass. <laughs>
0: Like he, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a he thing. was yeah, that's so a thing. mad it's that like, I
3: bought him a drink.
0: Yeah, like, what, what, what do you
3: think? I can't do it myself. I had someone do that because I poured a guy a drink, and he definitely was like starting to like get towards that's squaring so up. And, and I was like, dude, <laughs> what's up. what's your deal? And he's like, he's like, that's super rude in our in our culture. I was like, well, I'm not from your culture. Yeah. Like, that's actually a sign of endearment. Like, I'm making sure your drink Just is meat full. In the yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm not being rude. <laughs> and so he's weird. he's like, all right, man. You could tell he was like. So yeah, it's like settled yeah.
1: down. <laughs> yeah, he said he had just gotten some like check or something, and he was spending it all <laughs> that night. So like, you uh, you impeded uh, on him spending his yeah. check. <laughs> I'm like, all right, fine. I I will not be rude and buy you a drink. Yeah,
2: fantastic. <laughs> and that's why you should visit Ireland. Yes.
1: Yeah. And fine. Oh, I have to look. I'm still friends with the guy on Facebook. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: just don't buy him a drink. Yeah. yeah. Lifelong um, friends after that.
1: Yeah, I, so what were, what were we talking about? It had something to do with pariah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, water chemistry and uh, moving here yes. and. Um, so how actually, it's been
3: you opened at like the very beginning of the year, right? January twenty first.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: <clears throat> yeah, coldest day of the year, in dry January
0: yeah in
1: covid uh, yeah I yeah. was just gonna say during a pandemic <laughs> was totally good, planned. good timing guys yeah <laughs> yeah, so that had i mean that had to add in a lot of other additional difficulties with trying to open a brewery on the other side of the country,
3: yeah, we thought yeah. uh we thought we were pretty much out of the woods with like <clears throat> the hang ups of covid and yada 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 being you know just over a year into covid by the time we started this process but wow that was like grossly underestimated how much that was still going to be a problem um but yeah you know the joke everyone says is like oh whatever you think it's going to cause double it and it's like no like
1: quadruple if you yeah. <laughs> um
3: we have an sba loan and i'll tell you we had to calculate every single dollar, where every single dollar was going for that SBA loan. And of course this is what they do. Yeah. So everything was quantified. This is how much for drywall. This is how much for, you know, right on down the line, every single thing. And we still ended up being grossly over budget because of unforeseen circumstances. Like, um, I tell everyone this story. It's like the, the original quote on the shipping for our fermenters was 12500 And that's seven tanks coming from China. I'm like, okay, no problem. And then while they were on the boat was when the whole f- shipping thing oh. took place. Yeah. <laughs> and all the shit was stuck off the coast of L.A. or wherever it was stuck. And um, they ended up hitting us up and saying, oh, uh, sorry, your price is now 71000 and please let us know how you'd like to proceed because any delay in response will inc- incur storage fees.
2: Oh, jeez. Yeah. So and like, that's not a small jump. Yeah. It's like
3: not only did you fivefold increase my bill with no warning, no, no opportunity to do anything about it because, of course, they're already in the tanker yeah. on the boat. Mm-hmm. But now you're telling me that even if I don't take it up the you-know-what and pay it you're going to start charging me fees on top of that so it's like that's one instance where that just kept happening and kept happening and and it's like there's no way you can prepare for that
1: yeah well because never i mean i guess now you could in your wildest dreams Mm -hmm. think of it but like up until this time like and it's Thank goodness I have not had to do anything large in the last two years because I just keep hearing story after story of like any large transaction like at the last minute the person just being completely blindsided with a huge extra bill. Like people building houses and then like a week before they close the builder telling them it's actually going to be $80,000 more than... The what they agreed upon when they started building and yep
2: and the the fermenters too were delayed by months for seemingly no reason right four months four months so four months prior if they were not delayed you would have been okay yeah right so it's I mean it was just terrible
3: but you have we have no recourse to hold them accountable you know nothing at all so it's like you just have to take it. but, I mean, I said, that's just one example, and everyone that I know is in this situation. Like, I have a buddy that builds houses as a career, and, uh, yeah, it's nuts. We just go back God. and forth on text. you just like, dude, drywall is this now. I'm like, Phew. I was like, I know. I just fucking bought three sheets My, you know, like. Thankfully, just, you didn't have to do much build out here. That's yeah, thankfully, uh, for it's like sure. Most of it was demo, which is, you know, the cost of labor. Yeah. But, um But no, it's still, it's like anything that we, you know, we're almost a hundred percent over budget, almost a hundred percent, probably 80 some percent over budget, um, on this project. And it wiped out all of, you know, every money, every penny we've saved over the last five years of our existence is, is, is gone. So it's like, that's, that's the thing. Like being six months late on opening 80 some percent over budget, like opening in dry January on the coldest day of the year, it rained the day before, covid you know inflation it's like all these things were like dude this
0: sucks yeah
3: and uh but no we opened at four o'clock and at four thirty, every seat was full and we just i like i almost fucking started crying it's just like holy shit like
1: i mean that is yeah. one good thing about maryland is that people in maryland love maryland and anything to do with maryland yeah. and will show up
2: yeah Needless to say, we were incredibly grateful to just open the door. And, um, you know, we, we had visited in the past, Baltimore specifically, in Hamden specifically, Our uh, one of our distribution um, staff here is really from Baltimore, but from Hamden. But opening that door, and like Brian said, seeing that crowd and just being able to engage just immediately um, even furthered our love for the community here, so yeah has
3: it stayed busy since then yeah we've tapered off a little bit during the weekdays and i think weather is now playing a factor in terms of the normality i get it's like the new thing so yeah you're gonna go even if it's raining or 19 degrees or whatever but yeah we notice a little bit of fluctuation if it's raining obviously but um but no, I mean, we're still, we're still doing better than anticipated, uh, on a weekly average. Mm-hmm. And of course we just added a patio. So now we have outdoor seating too. That was one of the biggest, the two biggest questions we got were, do you allow dogs and do you have outdoor seating? And I'm like, you can bring your dog, but bro, it's 19 degrees. Yeah. Like <laughs> why are you, what? Like, yeah. Your dog does not want to be there. soft yeah. in
2: yeah. California. I'm like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll answer for your
3: dog. And like, no. I we went, don't have outdoor seating right and now. And also,
2: now the answer to both is yes. <laughs> but
3: now the answer to both is yes. People in San Diego
1: are soft. I went yes. to <laughs> I went to a Padres game
2: <laughs> when
1: it was I want to say sixty five, maybe even closer to seventy. That's winter. And there was no yep. one there.
3: And well, that's because they probably also sucked at the time.
1: No, they were good. This oh, was really? The, this was the yeah. year that the. Um, Yeah, they went I can't, I can't remember. Yeah,
2: they had, I know the time you're talking about, they had a a really good team. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of down when it went up, and that's probably when you were there.
1: And so I, like, we were ordering a beer, and I was just asking the bartender, I'm like, is this normally what it is? Like, does no one come to Padres games? Like, oh, no, like, people in San Diego just don't like bad weather. Yeah, I'm like what are yeah. you talking? Like this is
3: perfect weather. It's beautiful out. If, it's, can, if yeah. it's if it's if it's below seventy, it's it's winter.
2: I will say, as a San Diegan, it's embarrassing, and I I don't accept that. And uh, <laughs> the worst thing I saw prior to me moving to Maryland last May was um, there's a patio, the popular restaurant in North Park, where our other brewery is. <clears throat> Thanks. And there's a, a patio outside, and it was seventy five degrees and I saw the group of individuals there because there was wind asking the um, server at the restaurant to move a heater to turn it on and face it towards them seventy five <laughs> degrees and I said, "No that's not going to work for me I, I need to uh, I need to experience some seasons and never be this soft
1: <laughs> yeah, like I think i I I was probably wearing shorts and a hoodie, and oh, it's 50, and that's what I'm wearing now, so I'm positive that's what I was wearing to that game. And,
2: good for you. And
1: I, I, I probably thought it was kind of warm.
2: <laughs> yeah, they. Um, it's something else there. It's definitely a, a, a spoiled breed. I think, it's, I think seasons and weather are good for people. I think it teaches you patience, and it certainly makes you slow down a bit and since moving here i've been grateful for that to be honest where it's like look it's not that cold and uh yeah i I almost made it right when i told brian moving here it's like if i move here i don't care if it's snowing hailing thundering i don't care i'm gonna do the same thing i'd do any other day because that drives me nuts
1: now i will say one of the times we went out there was to visit family and it was um during the super bowl And it was amazing watching the Super Bowl early evening outside mm-hmm. on a big T, te-
3: like a projection oh, yeah.
1: TV in yeah, their backyard. Totally. So yeah, that was some amazing. benefit of sports. Like,
3: yeah. like I'm, a, um, yeah. I'm a Laker fan for life. So now being back home, it's like now the game doesn't start until 10 o'clock. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, I'm old. I got to go to bed but yeah a lot of the I mean even she got that here she's like when does the game start I'm like seven she's like holy crap like yeah we're not on the west coast so now I'm an Orioles fan
2: (laughs) (laughs) sorry Padres but I can't stay up late
3: (laughs) yeah
1: yeah, it's way too late (laughs) um so are you going back out there often or have will you always do that or is the intention like to have a The team set up and in place where you have to go out fewer and fewer times.
2: Yeah, I think oversight's never a bad thing, and it. it, I think our team there, you know, to be able to tangibly be around and fix some issues or just talk things through when it's not on the phone is important, right? And um, but you
1: kind of build animosity if your boss is always on the other side of the country and not there yeah addressing I mean, things
2: exactly and like brian said it's it's worked so well so far we have a fantastic team we're going there about quarterly right now um that will probably either be the same if not more often we're all about our team so yeah. if they think the support is fine as it is for us that just means that we want to be there even more
1: so. and there, i mean there are definitely worse places that have to go visit often
2: No one's complaining. Yeah. (laughs) Especially when we did have that full sense of spring and it dipped back down to winter. And that's when my trip panned out. I'm not complaining. But we try to at least quarterly at minimum. And then, um, I mean, we talk to the team weekly. But at least visiting quarterly. And then from there, me and Brian will probably switch off every couple months.
1: Has that been your first experience of Maryland's transition from winter to spring five times
2: yeah it's um i've well of course brian growing up here some of our friends um that he has from childhood we're talking recently and they were sending me the most hilarious memes with the essentially 20 seasons that you have i'm almost at a full year so may i will hit all essentially 20 seasons and First this is spring, the dumbest.
1: Fake spring. Yeah, this is dumb.
2: <laughs> I'm not liking this one at all. I'm like, what is going on? So I'm just holding on. The
3: <laughs> thing is like way off yeah. every year.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I heard next is like the pollination. And as an allergy woman, I have to say I'm a little bit scared for that one. So.
1: Oh, this year seems like it's going to be horrible yeah, too. I'm sure. So. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Buckle up. <laughs> I'll
2: let you know in May how how I'm Oh I, it. I think I'm already starting to get miserable <laughs> yeah, from yeah, them. So it's I've... intense. <laughs> Although when I did move here, nothing is more um, I guess shocking than the week I moved here was Cicadas. So that was a nice introduction.
1: See we we had none in Frederick.
3: Really? Yeah. They were like a lot
2: of new builder.
3: or yeah, a lot of new build because that's what they're I mean, saying there's, there's so much construction. There's a that lot wiped of places
1: out. that are newer, but okay. there, like the neighborhood I live in, was around the last time they oh, wow. emerged.
2: Yeah, that's mm. weird.
1: Um, and if you if you went into like a certain distance east, they mm-hmm. were there, and then like as you drove further west here, because I I can't I went to Oliver for their anniversary nice. party. And that was, wow, the cicadas were there. And I hadn't seen a <laughs> single one yet. Yeah. And, like, it just got to the point on 70 where none, none, none. And then just my car getting pelted with them. I'm like, oh, this is poppy. what people were talking about. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah these, man. Old, these old things. <laughs> I
3: remember walking up to a tree in my backyard and being like, that tree looks weird. And realizing the whole <laughs> damn tree was literally covered just in mean, cicadas. It was moving. Like, the tree was moving. It was like... That's some crazy stuff, man. that's that's some yeah. alien alien yeah. stuff going on there. We didn't have a
1: we didn't see a single one at our house.
2: That's yeah, that's crazy. it's nuts. Same with Brian's parents in the Eastern Shore; they didn't I'm have any.
3: I'm like out back cutting the grass and like literally like swatting these things away. Like, <laughs> dude, get the hell away from me! And they're so dumb, just fly right into you.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: The uh, what? So, what are we drinking here? This is our Dorcha Extra Stout. This is the oldest recipe that we still produce. This was the the prototype of this was the second beer I ever made. So so this was the beer before the bad one. This <laughs> is the beer just before the bad one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this, is, this started off on my uh, kitchen stove in 2010. This is really good too.
2: This is definitely yeah. my favorite um, beer overall. I mean regardless of style I absolutely love this I'm a stout drinker that's what got me into craft beer and absolutely love Dorcha.
3: yeah um and to our uh Ireland talk I'm super Irish so if I can't make a stout there's a problem but um but yeah really good really good cocoa nibs really good coffee Mm -hmm. um we haven't found a coffee roaster here to work with yet so um, still taking suggestions on that. If anyone wants to shoot them on the old IG, I'd love to know a really, really good coffee roaster here. Obviously, vents down the road from us, and I don't want to um, cut them out. It's obviously a possibility, but there's something I'm missing as a uh, new person. I'd love to know. Um,
1: yeah, there's, we've, got a, we've got quite a few really good ones in Maryland.
3: Yeah. I just look for the fudgiest, fudgiest coffee I can find.
2: <laughs> send us your fudgies.
1: Yeah,
3: send us the fudgies.
1: So have you, like I see you have one, one beer under the sour tart funky, have you gotten into doing any kind of smoothie sours or heavily fruited sours, or do you stay away from that?
3: We do not do that. Um, no, I, I, first of all, I want fermentation integrity in our product, but personally I don't enjoy those at all. If I wanted an alcoholic, Bold House Farms i just go by Bold House Farms and put <laughs> vodka in it um, I just it's I don't know like Lindemann's Frambois is like the best example of that that I think has been around for a long time and that beer is delicious but it affectionately is raspberry puree um, but it also still is dry it's carbonated you know I just I don't like those styles of beer yeah. so I can only uh, no one can tell me what to do so,
0: <laughs>
3: no, but we want to get into doing some more in terms of that realm. Um, my, my most previous job to this was doing the barrel aging and uh, R&D brewing at Stone. And because our space in San Diego I've is our only, uh, yeah, small brewery. <laughs> I
0: have not been, in little, really. been little in the up, news lately. Little
3: up and comer. Yeah, yeah. been in the news lately. <laughs> but they, uh, my, I did uh, barrel aging and R and D brewing for them um, prior to this. But because our space in San Diego is so small, I haven't gotten to put any beer in wood ever under the Priya brand and now having this space i actually have that opportunity so i'm dying to get into in getting to do some some wood treatment on mm-hmm. some beers but no you'll never see a uh, pastry stout or a pastry sour from us
1: will you um be sticking to like stouts and stuff in there or do you want to do some mixed fermentation
3: and Uh, I myself have never, honestly, I'm 11 years into professional brewing and I've never done a mixed sour fermentation in my whole time. So I do want to try it just to see how it goes. Uh, I have friends that are good at it that I can ask advice of, but I personally have never done it just because, I mean, I didn't want to buy the little five gallon barrel and put homebrew in it or whatever. It's just so much room for error without having correct equipment and controls. But, um... But no, I really want to. I don't want to just do stouts for sure. Like I want to do a barley wine that we have home brewed and it's just ripe for a barrel. Like it would be mm-hmm. amazing in a barrel. Um, and I want to do a red ale that I want to do in in barrels specifically. And these are beers that will only be released barrel aged, no unbarrel aged versions. So I want to just take the opportunity to play with some more styles that that a barrel will help you know selling a barley wine is like you know i don't even can't even liken it to anything but it's it's fiscally not intelligent to brew a barley wine um but putting it in a barrel and giving it a story maybe open up to someone and say maybe next year you'll buy a four pack of bigfoot you know (laughs) because you had this one and it was good (laughs)
2: very excited about that
1: (laughs) barley wine's the one style i could just never get into I mean, because I'm just too much of a wimp. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's they're so all over the board. You know, English barley wine is like drinking, f- you know, fruit. Uh, what is that stuff you get at the holidays? Uh, fruit cake or whatever oh, it's sure. called. Oh yeah. And I mean, as young people, we're, we don't like that. Like I don't like prunes, Granddad. You know, yeah. like <laughs> that, whole, that whole thing. But uh, no, it's like fresh, fresh Bigfoot man. It, it tastes like a prototype double IPA when it's fresh
2: since me and brian started dating um obviously very heavily heavily commissioned and calculated by brian and and what he does in brewing but it's always been a hobby of ours to have a lot of fun with a very off and interesting and and kind of put our minds together um to do these home brews or of different styles and stuff that's just way out there and obviously biased, but not really have been some of my favorite quote pariah beers ever is some of the stuff that me and brian just come up with over the years and again come up with me saying stupid things and him making it a a logical beer um the barley wine being one of those so um not a style that i drink or go to as well but having that be an experience where we could put our heads together and, and come up with something fun and when it comes out it's actually like damn this is good my favorite thing we've done since we've met.
1: So what is your approach towards releases? Do you have, do you have a lineup of your core beers and then you do a lot of one-offs or what is your, uh, release scheduling kind of like?
3: Sure. We, um, so, originally, when we first opened, we were doing the um, original, like, model of, like, here's our cores and here's our seasonals. And we opened right when that kind of died. Um, and people started with the, oh, I've had that before. What's new? Um, and that's, it was incredibly frustrating for probably the first nine, 12 months of our existence. Like, what, do you, what the fuck do you mean? What, <laughs> like, dude, this, this beer is delicious. Like, it's not, not, it's not it, that it's not as delicious. It's just as it's actually better you know as time's gone but um so we kind of adopted a a rotating since then we've kind of come up with a rotating schedule so we do have quote unquote core beers but it's really only quote unquote core beers in terms of we try to keep them on tap here all the time but um and those are it's only four beers that are in that um that rotation right now but that's a quarterly rotation so we only can those four times a year and then the other beer that we do two skews a year, I should say two beers a year, one of which is our core rotation, and then we do one more special release that's either once or twice a year at most, and then occasionally we do three beers a month this month is a three beer month um and that's just because the two the two other styles we're brewing outside of the core might not be you know a, a huge uh, number driver, you know, like if we're gonna do another sour, we'll do something else that is maybe not as good of a mover to kind of just get the throughput on it. Um, but, but yeah, so we do two a month to easy answer two a month. One is a core rotation quarterly and the other is a special release or once or twice a year.
1: Do you plan on having any East coast or West coast exclusives or always just doing everything in both locations?
3: we will only have one beer that's exclusive to um each coast and that is our lebron hayes okay. uh, lebron Haze will only exist now in um, southern california we have distribution in arizona as well as here and delaware and we're not gonna sell lebron hayes over here over here lebron Haze is called um, tasty taste okay but it's the same beer <clears throat> just um adjusted and i said i'm a lifelong lakers fan but um i get it that people might not want that over here space
2: alone if we were ever going to have exclusives or get r&d system uh, space wise it would end up being here probably in the future like you said with the barrels but we try to make sure that everything is available to all of our um all of our customers
3: Yeah, if someone wants something, we don't want to withhold it from them. And we want to make sure that it's available to those who want to seek it out.
2: Yeah.
1: Do you have anything coming up that you're excited about that you want to give a little plug to?
3: Um, Stuff that's coming up. We have um, a lot of people over here have asked why we're a West Coast brewery without a West Coast IPA. (laughs) That's a Um, good question
1: because West Coast IPAs are phenomenal.
3: Fair question. question. Fair question. (laughs) Um, But next week, uh, well, I don't know when this will air, but... Friday. Friday? Okay, so a week week exactly from Friday, um, we will have our first West Coast IPA that we're producing out of Baltimore. It actually will be available in San Diego, too, but um, it's the first one we're releasing out of this location. And it's cool because it's actually a rework of the first um, West Coast IPA recipe I wrote back in 2012. Um, So just kind of the cool thing about it is the DNA is the same, but I'm applying all the processes that I've learned over the last 10 years in professional brewing. So I'm literally as excited about it as um, I hope people are when it comes out, because we have had a lot of people ask that question as well. It's probably the third most asked question outside of dogs and patio. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: I mean, I think like West Coast IPAs are making a strong comeback, which I'm extremely extremely happy about because I love a dank super bitter west coast ipa
3: yeah i'm I'm with you that's we said i came from stone like i when i first even when i bread and butter (laughs) yeah when i first started working at stone i did not like stone ipa because it was quote unquote as everyone says now so bitter um but of course you know america we do inflation eventually something would take out west coast ipa but um west coast ipa and hazy ipa are it was inevitable that they both would exist in the same space it's they're both cats but they're definitely different breeds of cats you know one's a lion and one's a panther or whatever you want to say like they both deserve to exist in the same space the only difference between what we're doing with this one and what i think a lot of people are doing is what i think a lot of a lot of people are doing are making a clear hazy ipa and calling it a west coast ipa uh not bittering it correctly and definitely to your point not making it as dank it's a little more fruity and just yeah it's just clear um whereas that's not what we're doing this is the ho- i mean this is mostly mosaic simcoe columbus and 94 ibu's in the kettle like it's this is better you get it your should palate
2: wreck that yeah. Praia. so <laughs> this is like
3: when people are asking are you going to do a west coast ipa this is a west coast ipa um just with applying our modern processes to kind of utilize the hops even better than we knew at the time back yeah. then with Driving thiols and all that good stuff that we apply to brewing now—that just that information wasn't available to time. Well, that's
1: what I like. I do love too about them coming back is that the places that are are applying all of the new techniques or newer mm-hmm. hop varietals or new hop. Like ways of delivering hops to making them, and it like they seem just seem even better. Or it may just be the nostalgia kicking in too.
3: Yeah. No, I I think they are. I think it is affectionately better than what they were at the time because we weren't using our utilizing our raw materials. Yeah. The best that they could, and it's like, you know, here Sapwood Cellars, Scott Janish, like. The that book that he put out is absolutely incredible mm-hmm. like I learned I need to bring that guy a case of beer I learned <laughs> oodles from reading that book but it's like and, and then even just to see in that book that a lot of this research was done by Sapporo is staggering it's like you don't even fucking put hops in your beer like <laughs>
0: yeah. but,
3: but they uh, need to understand them for that little bit that they use Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's like wow like I can't even believe you guys have an R&D program that's dedicated to this but it's like thanks dude like now anytime I go get sushi I'm ordering a Sapporo like Sapporo just started
1: following me on Instagram recently for some reason. That's hilarious. I was confused by that. (laughs) (laughs)
2: It's hilarious. (laughs) I think like Brian said earlier too, I think um, as someone myself, that's very analytical and that's my contribution to beer. um, I think a lot of people fail to recognize or understand um, that to me and, and really what it is, is beer is an art brewing is an art form so when you talk about taking the things that you've learned or developing these styles um when you allow a brewer to truly be an artist you're going to have some of the best beer ever yeah. so don't minimize or delete these styles drink every style on the brew the, on the board don't let these styles go to waste because that that's when you're really going to get something that um sparks almost like a, an artist in yourself even Unless if you're not an smoked.
1: artist those beers have no. Don't right get me being started existed. on that,
2: <laughs> dude. We have that's, we could talk offline, but that's, that's like we a have weird nerd subset that. of
1: people that are or like peppers. Don't peppers don't belong. If in a beer.
2: beer smells like a smoked hog, <laughs> yeah. I'm all into it sorry oh, i'm all you're, wrong.
1: <laughs> you're wrong yeah you just i'm Your sorry i deleted <laughs> yeah.
2: that is fine that's,
1: that'll be edited to you saying you don't like it
2: <laughs> i'll take that I'll probably uh more people will be uh will like me that yeah. way so that's fine smoked
1: <laughs> beers or uh hot beers either one they don't they shouldn't exist. I will I will, I will say
3: I will say I've had more people ask me for a Roush beer than people have asked me for a brown ale. So
1: And that checks out. I don't I don't <laughs> want <it checks> out. <laughs> I don't want either, but <laughs> both can stay each
0: their own. Yeah. Some That's only true. Like dive. I don't I
1: don't care if people like them. People should drink what they want to drink. Yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I'm just yeah. not going to.
2: <laughs> Everything can own. have its day in the sun. Very true.
1: <laughs> Is there anything um that I haven't covered that you guys want to talk about because if not I have
3: some stupid random questions to ask you
1: um, i
2: for stupid random do you have
3: anything I will say just quick plug we have trivia on
2: every Wednesday Wednesdays. from 70, not 7 to 9pm
3: this is all new so it's why we'll make a point to say it every Wednesday <laughs> we have trivia every Thursday we have well so, most Thursdays yeah. we have music nights albeit we just had metal night we're going to have emo night new wave night yada 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 yeah um
2: thursdays are music night so the first and second nights. thursdays now will be karaoke we're super stoked about that third thursdays are emo night we're actually hosting baltimore um vintage like th- flea market they're gonna do a pop-up here on april 24th we're very stoked about and then just some various workshops sh- workshops and whatnot um throughout the year so we're we're really stacking up the events anyone that wants to check them out Priya brewing.com slash events. Um, We have some really cool collaborations coming up.
1: What are your days and hours?
2: We are open Wednesday through Sunday. Wednesday through Friday we're open 4 to 10 p.m. Saturday and Sunday we're open 12 to 10 p.m.
1: Where do people go to keep up to date on... The best place
3: is going to be Instagram for sure.
2: Very Instagram heavy. It's easy for us. It's easy for you. We're quick to answer things. It's
3: Priya Brewing Co.
2: At Pry Brewing Co. and you can pretty much find out anything we're doing, beer releases there. Also or- sign up for our newsletter on the website. If there's a beer release or events, um, we send newsletter newsletters about twice a month.
1: And that 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 is good advice for anyone who likes any brewery. You should sign up for their mailing list because Absolutely. you never know when Instagram is going to decide that they're just going to delete a an Instagram That's account.
2: very true. Dude,
1: so community sign, guidelines. It's a serious thing. Sign up <laughs> for your... Make sure. Yeah. <laughs> sign up for your favorite breweries mailing lists.
2: Yeah, and if you sign up for our mailing list through our website, you also get a discount on added, your first visit.
1: Added bonus. Yes. So Boom. Can't go wrong. Alright. Stupid questions.
3: Random fire. Let's go. Do you wash <laughs> apples before eating them? Uh, no.
2: Yes, I wash fruit. That's his journey God made
3: dirt and <laughs> dirt don't hurt
2: I wash all my fruit
1: best fast food french fries defend your answer
2: in and out come on best fast food That's animal french fries. styles it, it doesn't matter I don't care if the shit cheese I don't care about the shit sauce I want them I want them lay, layered out they do need to double fry them.
1: In That's and the out was my only disappointment when I went to California. <laughs> the fries are trash, right? Not everything about the place was trash. <laughs> Every like because like like on the like growing up and just living my entire life on the East Coast, you just hear like people talk about how amazing In and Out is, how great In and Out is. <laughs> that was on the list of things I had to do the first time we went out there. We went to Green it's Flash trash. and we went to In and Out. <laughs> in and out's trash green flash was awesome because they <laughs> had powder wrecker on top the
2: sauce on them i will say though being here thrasher's fries or something else and you can't get if you have fries. It's not fast with, food though well, yeah
3: thrashers is good
2: i mean it's on a boardwalk i'm going to consider that look i'm biased it's about the sauce, not about the fry on them, Brian, Okay, well ahead.
3: your answer's wrong, Brian. <laughs> what's yours? I'm going to go Arby's curly fries.
0: Yes, and okay. I don't even like Arby's, but I've their curly fries are good.
1: The
3: curly fries
1: are amazing, and you can get them. Well, just go to a grocery store and buy them because they're almost as good if you make them at home, especially if you have an know. air fryer. Yeah,
2: I don't. What do they call? I had them here? on Saturday. Checkers. Checkers. I like Checkers fries too.
1: Checkers good too.
2: They're seasoned. Checkers well. good.
1: So is this beer. This is really great. Are Five Guys next? is good too, though. No, they're not. I'll give Five Guys Cajun Fries
0: <laughs> second
3: place.
1: I'll, you know what? I've never had the Cajun Fries. Those are um, good.
3: It's like Old Bay Fries, but Cajun seasoning.
1: What would the title of your biography be?
2: Oh, God. Biography, not autobiography? Uh, either one. <laughs> Brian, You go ahead. <laughs> That's a difficult one. I, I don't want to be rude to myself. <laughs> going to
1: be self-deflammatory.
2: <laughs> oh, God. I mean,
1: that could be the title if you want to go with that. Mine would be
2: Neurotic Cat Mom.
1: Okay.
3: I don't even know.
2: And I mean that complimentary.
3: <laughs> I'd say mine be called, is it over yet? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Anyone would, can relate the last two years, but go <laughs>
1: Who would win in a battle between a ninja and a pirate?
3: Ninja. Wrong.
2: <laughs> ninja and a pirate? What <laughs> are we talking, like, hm mm,
3: Talking Johnny Depp pirates or? Any pirate.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I think i can be wrong here. I'm going to go ninja, but I just, wrong. I don't think pirates move that fast.
1: But they have guns and cannons and they swords and
2: but the gun's aiming at a very fast... Until that ninja sneaks up behind you and yeah. sticks it
1: through your heart. Is Batman a ninja?
2: Yes. Okay, don't even get us our Batman. <laughs> well, you can see right here some influence there. We are a huge Batman family, and Batman's everything. I'd say he's all of the above. He's also an anything eccentric billionaire. So he can be anything he wants to be.
3: <laughs> um, what is the scariest movie you've ever watched? The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Still scares me. And Jaws. Jaws is number two.
2: He does not like the ocean.
3: Neither do I, but it's because of the sand and it has nothing
1: to do with sharks. <laughs> That's also a tragedy. You're scared of the sand. So Wait till you get in the water, there's way, way worse <laughs> things waiting for you, buddy. I don't make it past the sand. <laughs> yeah,
2: We love... Brian got me into Exorcist. It's the first movie he ever saw in theaters. Scare the crap out of him. He got me into it. I had to drink maybe, what, five bottles of Dogfish Head for him to get me to watch this because I wasn't in the horror <laughs> movies. I finally watched it, laughed through it because I was drunk, and now it's the scariest movie I've ever seen. watch it very regularly.
1: What's scarier, aliens or clowns?
2: Clowns. Aliens. 100%.
1: It doesn't have a right or wrong answer.
2: Yeah, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Flats or drumsticks?
3: Flats.
2: Do I know what this is?
3: Wings. Wings. Flats or drumsticks?
1: Oh, I he just started eating
2: meat again. Yeah, was, two yeah. bones.
3: Two bones or one. I mean, he gave the right
1: answer. Yeah, I was so going to say, say I'll reassess.
2: <laughs> I, I've been a vet most of my life. I just started eating meat. i got to dive into that journey first. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> Name a famous person you would love to meet. Jack Nicholson. Jim Carrey. I'm gonna call Jim Carrey a wrong answer.
2: I that guy's feel like, so woke now.
1: I feel like he would be so annoying and insufferable.
2: Have you heard him speak lately? Because this yeah, guy, and that's
1: part of the ins- insufferable part.
2: <laughs> so Jim Carrey circa 1990. Um, I don't know. I think he's. I think I would be just like, wow, this guy's all over the place. But I also understand that concern. But I do also. Agree with Brian that Jack Nicholson is a yes, great I w- answer.
1: I will I'll, I'll give that one a correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> Toilet paper over or under?
2: Under. We have cats.
3: Yeah. You learn your lesson quickly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, I would say that was
3: wrong, but you have a good justification.
1: Otherwise, got, it'd be a waste.
2: When you
3: got four of those fuckers running around your house, believe me, you're gonna be under. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> it's not a choice. What, yeah.
3: What are you watching on TV right now? Nothing.
2: We just hey, finished. A little busy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think busy. there's anything
1: good on TV right now. The the series that's that that, wrong. Fortune and Fire is amazing, and it just came back. Honestly, we would use recommendations
2: because we'll finish a show and then we're like, "What do we do now?" We just gave Nosferatu a a watch. Season one, great. Season two, trash.
1: Do you like stupid Canadian comedies?
2: I like comedy. Letter
1: Kenny is absolutely hilarious. I just started watching that, and there's like eight seasons of it.
2: Oh, see, I'm a binger, so I'm all about that. We are two favorite shows, and I won't speak on your behalf, but we could probably agree. Mad Men, Boardwalk Empire. So if there's anything yeah. even close to that character development, we're all into it. I
1: haven't watched any of those.
2: Highly recommend, especially Boardwalk Empire. I mean, Boardwalk yeah, I've Empire. heard nothing
1: like that. They're all amazing. I yeah. just... Every time I, like... My wife and I have gone to start, like i'm too tired to watch this like it it, it, like they feel like ones you have to actually be paying attention to yeah yeah. so i stick to the like just brainless it doesn't matter if i I I miss 10 minutes of the episode i haven't missed anything the honesty (laughs) is good
2: because then you wouldn't enjoy it you know so that's fair
1: yeah what is the worst concert you have ever attended (laughs) Oh. Who's
2: that Marilyn Manson one? Who did they yeah. open for? This guy Marilyn Manson went downhill man. Well,
3: yeah, we saw. So yeah, that was
1: one of the best concerts well, I've ever been to. that's we've what I say. the but best he, and worst we've He seen. opened for Nine Inch Nails though, so it was okay. actually oh, yeah. a Nine Inch Nails concert. So I we didn't even s- know who Marilyn Manson was at the time. So imagine my shock when he comes out on stage.
2: And it was probably <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah, oh, it was amazing. At the time, and but that's it, the thing. We've seen him great, and we've seen him yeah. awful.
3: No, yeah, that was definitely one of the. Well, that was he was drunk. It was irritating day. because it's like, how could you be so good and then to see him just like, bro, I paid money for this and you clearly haven't been to practice like at all. Well, like, it turns out he's just a horrible human being. Yeah, it's like so. that doesn't help. That didn't, <laughs> it's like around that time, it's yeah. like you don't know your own lyrics. You're falling down. Like Jesus Christ, bro, get some help. But no, I'd say yeah. um, I went to the only concert I've ever walked out of because the the sound was horrible. But I can't remember what they're called, but um, the the singer just got out of jail. He, like, apparently tried to hire some dude to kill his wife or something. Oh,
1: jeez. <laughs> um,
3: but uh, it was near uh, Modern Times Brewing in uh, just up the street from them in San Diego. Okay. And um, buddies were going, so I was like, yeah, I'll go as long as we can Soma? go to. Yeah, it was at Soma, yeah. It's like, as long as we can go to Modern Times before and after, I'll go. And I halfway through this band set, I was like, I'm out. I'm going back to Modern Times. I'll see you over there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, I I had no idea who Ma- Marilyn Manson was at the time because I believe, Smells Like Children had just come out nice. or it hadn't even come out yet. Yeah, and they were it was 1994 and he was opening for Nine Inch Nails, which oh my God, they were amazing. Yeah, um, and it was at the Pittsburgh Civic Arena where the, the Penguins played. So when he came out, they turned off every light. In the arena, it was pitch black. He walked out on the stage, wearing a trench coat, a top hat, and holding like a like a mechanic light in front of his face, nice. which just a light bulb inside of a cage, reciting that poem from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It was terrifying.
2: <laughs> yeah, in his heyday, I mean, as a kid, I, you know, I Marilyn Manson scared the crap out of me, yeah. you know. So to see. <laughs> Back then, I wasn't, um, I mean, I, pretty conservative family, I wasn't into it, but besides him being a piece of shit, um, <laughs> you know, when he came out and was doing his thing, yeah. in- incredible performances, so we had seen kind of the tell end of that later on, and Brian had seen him more times than, than me, and then later in his career when all this came out, and then he was opening, I think, for Slipknot? I can't remember. A couple concerts together. No, it, he was
3: headlining because it was at House of Blues.
2: I thought it was that. anyways we see a couple times one of those it was like okay the career's over type thing like you're you're drunk you haven't practiced yeah and not fun you're
1: doing horrible things yeah
2: <laughs> and that too
1: <laughs> is it acceptable to use a gift card on a
3: first date
0: sure
2: yeah i think yes it's honest right hey, who doesn't want to use kinda, a gift card you're
3: putting out there you know mm-hmm. it's kind of like going to eat crabs for your first date like if she's not into it or he's not into it yeah Fuck Here's em. the
2: reality. If you're not ready for that reality, then the relationship is probably not meant to last. So you gotta start with honesty, and the honesty is take advantage of a gift card.
1: Yeah. Although that's a good test too. Like <laughs> <laughs> for wings or yeah. like something where you know it's gonna picking, get dirty. Yeah, where it's gonna get real. Yeah.
3: <laughs> if they're into that, they're probably a keeper.
2: Yeah, yeah true.
1: All right. Thank you too, for having me out to the brewery. Thank you. These the beers have been amazing. These are really good. Um, so every, I can, I can personally vouch for at least four of their (laughs) beers being phenomenal. So come out to Baltimore and visit Pariah Brewing Company. Uh, thank you to so much for having me and thank Thank you you, everyone for listening. Cheers. Thank you. The Uncapped podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.
0: Oh my God, that's good.